This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Well, my awesome people, I am so excited. Talk about let's keep it real. I have a feeling young Tanya Peterson is going to keep it real. And I've been very excited, very excited for her to come on because lately, you know, people, when they go to send me their books because of what's going on, I don't get their book before and I got it. So I'm so excited and you're going to love you. But let me, let me tell you a little bit about it. Tanya has, listen to this, experience as a teacher, a counselor, and with life challenges. Hmm, this is going to be fun. Her books empower people to create a quality, mindful life, despite challenges like anxiety, which even for those who haven't had it, I know you're telling me it's gone a little bit up there. She contributes to the website's Healthy Place and Choosing Therapy. Now, I could go on and on about Tanya. This is short for everything she's done, but let's introduce her. Hey, Tanya, how are you? Good morning, Sandy. How are you doing? Awesome. We were just talking a little bit about the fact that you live in Oregon. Yes. Two hours from Portland, right? Correct. Yep, just south, right down I-5. I was there once a couple years ago, and if I was going to be a writer, I always said, I'd want to be in Washington State or Oregon. I had so much fun there. I love the vibe. Oh, it is beautiful, beautiful here. I love this area of the country. Now, do you go to Portland a lot? I mean, it's so funky and all the little shops. I mean, I was I was at a shop that was known for pies and financial money management. Yep, that sounds like Portland. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There, it's it's eclectic. It's it's amazing. Uh, I used to when I first moved here. I've been here for about eight years now, and I was just enthralled. I thought, oh, Portland, and I'd go up. And now, of course, life is busy, and I don't go up into Portland as often. But yeah. I still love it. It's a it's a fun little adventure. One time, I gave a presentation. I don't know if you're familiar with the show Portlandia. No, uh, they they make fun of of Portland in the Pacific Northwest. And I think if you don't know Portland well, the show might seem kind of odd. But it's spot on, I tell you. But yeah. there's a there's a place, and it's called In Our Own Words Bookstore. And I actually got to to speak there and it was just incredible and it was just as as weird and strange and nice and wonderful as they portrayed it in the show so that 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 I went off my friend was you know I was on a book tour when I was out there too and she had a work she's like oh you'll just have fun go in and I thought it was all about you know learning to embrace your emotions with money so there was a whole section on that about you know the money section and then they were known for their homemade pies, which were amazing, and teas. And you right. could, yep. And yep. I thought, it's the area for tea and coffee, absolutely. And I just thought, this is freaking awesome. I you know. know what I mean? I know. Yeah. I mean, any little tiny specialty quirk thing that you can think of, it's either there or they'll welcome you creating it there. It, it's oh it's neat. There's no box. There's it's there's no standard. Yeah. So where are you from originally? You said you've been there eight years. Yes, I am originally from South Dakota, the eastern part, a town called Watertown. Okay, so I've never been there at all. It is it is prairie. It is it is it is flat. It is open. It is it is, it is treeless. Flat. It is windy. It's the prairie. <laughs> and do you like Oregon better? I do. It is beautiful here. I just, I just love it. It's I, I like the climate. I like the the, the culture. It's just yeah. I, I'm I'm happy here. All right. Well, we'll get to know you more throughout the show, but let's start with what the heck is going on, Tanya? I have people calling me, emailing me and going, um, yeah, I didn't even know if I have anxiety, but I definitely have more anxiety now or I had it and wasn't aware of it. And, you know, because of, you know, the quarantine and they're like having issues with it. I mean, I went to one outing. Where, you know, the women's like, okay, I'm just going to consider it. We're all going to go on Ativan. I'm like, okay. It was, I mean, they were, they were joking. It was, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. you know, or get high all the time. So what the heck, Tanya? Oh my gosh. It's, it's just wild. Well, anxiety, okay. So there's anxiety and there's anxiety disorders. And when we experience that stress, that anxiety, that being out of sorts, it doesn't mean that you've got a diagnosable disorder, but it okay. means that, hey, I'm frazzled. I'm afraid. I'm, I am out of sorts. I'm not myself. My thoughts are everywhere. My emotions are everywhere. 
And this certain these times right now contribute to it big time. It's the pandemic. It's the isolation. It's the politics. It's the social yeah. media. It's just they, it's it always. And it's on and it's agitating and it's freaking people out. And so if you've got anxiety, you're normal. You're with 100% of the people who experience it. It's part of our condition right now. <laughs> yeah. So if you had it before, it's probably heightened, right? Yeah, likely, likely, yes. <laughs> and if you didn't know, you know, I'm, I'm, one woman said, do you think maybe I was so busy? Um, this is a good question. Do you think right. I was so busy that I didn't have time for anxiety? I thought that was a funny statement. I like that. I like that. You know, and it's true. We can be so busy that it can cause anxiety. And we can be so busy that it actually keeps anxiety at bay. Because yeah. if, it depends on how you perceive being busy. And if it's occupying you in a really positive way, and then all of a sudden something changes. Yeah. And we're creatures of habit, and we don't like change. So this people's routines basically went away for the most part. And that is really unsettling. So you can be busy in, in one way and all of a sudden that goes away and now it's different and you think, what's going on? Did I, what, what's wrong? Have I always been this way? I don't remember. It, it's just chaotic. So for you, have you changed your routine at all? I mean, you're a writer, right? right. So were you basically working from home most of the time anyhow? Yeah. yeah. So my work schedule is, you know, it's nice. I do. I have a home office. I mean, sometimes I think, okay, I would like a separate space. So I feel, you know, the, here's work and here's home. And when I'm home, I'm home and not working, but you know what? It's okay. There's so many pros to it. So yeah. Anyway, yes. I've, so I've been home. So that routine didn't necessarily change, but um, I have two children. One is, is 23 and grown up and living on her own. And the other one is a senior in high school. Ooh. So, so his senior year was completely disrupted. And so now that he was home, and so, so I did have a, a little bit of a change in routine and having to adjust, okay, you know, this, I need to be a little bit more flexible in when I'm doing what I'm doing. So there, there was even a bit of a change for me. It was positive. I like having him home, yeah. but it was still an adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have a, your new book. When did your new book come out? It came out in February of this year, the very, very end of February. So you're not doing any, you weren't doing any book tours then, or did you get a couple in? Um, I did not get any uh, book tours in because everything kind of, it just, things were scheduled a little bit later and then everything just kind of fell apart and just kind of went, well, yeah. this is on hold. So in-person tours were kind of placed on hold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's tell them about the name of this freaking book, which I love. And I went through it. I've used it a lot. 101 Ways to Stop Anxiety, Practical Exercises to Find Peace. Free yourself from fears, phobias, panic attacks, and freakouts. Woo-hoo, Tanya. <laughs> That's covered a lot of stuff there, Tanya. You know, it, anxiety is pretty big. And for a lot of people, I mean, this is all just this. I, I like the, the, the freakouts part of it. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like that yeah, name. It's just all of it kind of wrapped into one. Anxiety makes us feel unsettled and it makes us feel like we're freaking out. No matter what that looks like, my yeah. freaking out might look different than your freaking out, but it feels terrible. And these are ways to kind of rein that in and get a get a hold of, of what you want to, what you want from your life. Well, you know, I have to tell you, I've used some of them, and I've given you credit because I do these little short one to two minute uh, podcasts for the school I was working with. So I was working for with the school, and going in and, you know, doing things with the teachers. So it was right. like self-care for the teachers, which was freaking awesome. And the principal said, you know, that a lot of the teachers were experiencing a lot of anxiety, you know, trying to do all their lesson plans for, for the kids, you know, from home. It, it right. can be a lot, you know? Right. And so I was like going, oh, my God, I can read number 40, you know, or what, 33. Today. <laughs> Absolutely these are, go for it. Please do. Like these are like a minute to two minute podcast. And I would say, but guess what? She also was a teacher and a counselor, you know, which <laughs> I thought was really cool. But here's the thing. I love that it's sort of like a guidebook. You can just refer to it like and just open up any page and you feel like, okay, wait a minute. Number 34, ooh, that resonates with me. Change your approach. Do you want the vase or the bowl? And it's just enough 
to, you know, reset you. Like, by the way, my journal book is called, Re- you know, it's a reset journal and you uh-huh. have a reset button in here, right. I think. Right, right. <laughs> in fact, I flagged both the bowl and the reset uh, exercises in case you wanted me to pull something. And, and so it's funny that you mentioned those two, but life has a reset button. And I noticed that you get into that. And I think this is, this is perfect. In fact, I think I shared, it was your reset post that I shared on social media recently. Uh, because it's good. We do. We have reset buttons. All right. So let's back up a little bit. So you were a teacher for how many years? Four. Well, uh, I was a teacher for almost 10. And then I, I went back to school to become a counselor. And I was home with my small children for a while, too, You know, do, doing that, being a dad-home mom and getting a counseling degree. Then I was a teacher for several years again. Oh. So, uh, oh, a decade and a half of, of, of in-classroom or you know in-school experience. So were you always writing at the time? Because you've written a lot of books. Uh, those have been written basically, well, okay, I wrote my first, I've written novels as well, but those are just, they're about mental health and relationships, yeah. and those are just kind of off off there. So I wrote my first one of those when my daughter was really little, uh, and it was inspired by some experiences in the classroom that I had, you know, watching students and talking to them. But as far as my actual, my real life writing, the, the, you know, the, my books and my articles, I've been doing that since about 2012. And I left, that's when I left the field of teaching and counseling. Okay. I was a teacher and counselor in a school for homeless and runaway adolescents. Great experience. Whoa. But I had some opportunities and writing open up. And I thought, I'm not going to do them both well. It's, it's kind of one or the other. And so I dove into to this realm. Gotcha. All right. Well, so why? Let's start back with uh, why did you get interested in this specific area of mental health? You know, because people, it's so, in working with people, whether it was in the classroom or, or out, you know, outside the classroom in a different mm-hmm. setting, you know, we all, life can be really tough and we can all experience, you know, struggles and our own issues. And whether we label it as anxiety or we just know we feel like we're freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just life, but life doesn't have to be so heavy. I mean, yes, we, we experience things and I've gone through my own things, but it can be really great. And I just think, Oh, if I could, if I could use what I know, my personal experience, my professional experience, my love of writing. I used to my a fun Friday night for me used to be sitting at home writing research papers. So there you go. <laughs> I, I now became a writer. But uh, but you know, if, if I could apply that and reach hopefully a lot of people and yeah. say, here, here are some tools you can you can embrace your life. You you can love life. You can have joy. You know what? I like that, and I love the fact that you're saying that a lot of things aren't that difficult to shift your mindset. Like there's right. little things you can do to make a huge, huge impact. Right. It's the little things that matter most. So give us an example. Let's say you wake up. I have like, for example, um, a friend and they wake up every morning and they feel anxiety, anxious, mm-hmm. like on a scale of one to 10, she says she's like a two, right? Okay. Right. But then she goes about her day and as her day goes on, she can even shift up into an mm-hmm. eight. Is there anything to do that she's not always waking up at the two level? Right. Uh, well, first of all, I, I, I love your scale. I, I, in fact, I use scaling with people. It's like, okay, if you are, you know, if you are at a two, what is one thing you know that she can think of? Think in her mind. Okay. What is one thing rather than thinking I'm at a two, I'm at a two, I don't want to wake up at a two. I want to wake up calm. Okay, what can you do to shift it first down to a one? Just one little shift. What could she do? And uh, mornings, uh, mornings are just ripe, ripe for this. And they start the night before. So, you know, when I've worked with people about this, because this is common. Oh, it is? Waking up, they wake up in the anxious. morning and they're like feeling anxious. But then yes. they get busy and as they go on. Right. It can subside. And then things, sometimes it subsides, sometimes it gets worse. It just depends on the person. But it's not, it's not fun to wake up, even with a low level of anxiety. It's just, yeah. you don't want to start your day that way. So it, it actually starts the night before. Create, create a, a, a morning ritual and start the night before. So if you are bothered, if you wake up and you're feeling cluttered and chaotic and the first thing you see is a mess, maybe consider your space the night before, preparing it, making it pleasant 
You're okay. eating it up, tidying it. If that's you, if mess doesn't bother you, then leave that alone and, and do something else. But, th- but that is something that can be unsettling. So clear your space and have a morning ritual where it's quiet. I personally, uh, I do yoga first thing in the morning. You know, I wake up Ooh. and uh, I drink water because you want to get your body hydrated and going. So have a drink. Don't even entertain those in mind, those anxious thoughts. If they're there, just acknowledge them. Let them go. Drink a glass of water. Have that prepared the night before so it's right there. Then do some yoga or just stretch, deep breathing. Get some mindful movement going. So your mind and your body are, are all you know in one. You're focusing on that. You're taking in the quiet of the morning rather than being stuck in that feeling of, of anxiety or those anxious thoughts and right away off the bat, ooh, I don't want to feel this way. Gotcha. You're right. So just acknowledge they're there, mm-hmm. but then yeah. have a routine mm-hmm. that you actually are mindful about and that you enjoy doing. Correct. It's just, it can start your day off on, on a positive note. It doesn't change any situation that you might face during the day, but it, it gets gets your mind and body connected, gets you mindful of, of the present moment right from the starting gate. So I even saw there was something, and it might have been in Healthy Place, they even said, it doesn't have to be crazy. You could just even enjoy making coffee. Right. Like the process of smelling the coffee, brewing yeah. the coffee. Some people grind the coffee. Like, do you look forward to your first cup of coffee in the morning? You know, having exactly. something that you like doing that you look forward to. Right. It's something, it's it's very personal. There's no, okay, I have to do this in the morning to beat anxiety. Because then now that becomes something else that's anxiety provoking. And it doesn't resonate with you. If you don't like to stretch first thing in the morning, then don't. If you love yeah. the smell of coffee... Enjoy that. Have it be something you look forward to. Have a favorite mug waiting for you. And oh, I like that. Yeah. Smell, you know, just pause, breathe deeply and inhale that smell of coffee and just be fully present with, with yeah. whatever it is that brings you joy first thing in the morning. I love that you said mugs because I do. I have my favorite mugs and they make me smile. Yeah. I drink a lot of tea more than coffee and I just love yeah. looking at my mug. Right. It just makes me smile. Like even weird things that it says, you know, it just yeah. makes me smile. Exactly. So I like way. the fact that you were saying if it don't, oh my God, I have to do yoga because that's going to calm me down. And yet it doesn't calm me down. Right. <laughs> I have an, I, I say friend, but I, these are listeners. I have another listener who says, you know, it causes me more anxiety that I'm supposed to meditate in the morning before I get out of bed for 20 minutes than meditating. And I right. thought... <laughs> Well, then it's not right for you. Right, exactly. That's okay. Give yourself permission to hate something. It's you know there there is there there's all sorts of experts on on everything. Mindfulness and meditation and and anxiety and this and they'll say okay this 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 you need to do this meditate in the morning because it quiets your mind and sets it. It can, it can be awesome. But if you hate it and it causes you anxiety, you don't have to do it just because somebody says it works for them. Yeah, Try there's it. other ways to meditate there's and other be mindful. Ways. Yeah, that's know? the key. Find what works for you. Yeah, I love that you said that. Yeah. All right, so here, here's a quick question. Sure. This young lady said, is it possible that my anxiety is just circumstantial? And then she goes on to this whole long thing in she only feels it when she has to homeschool her children. <laughs> I get what she's saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she's saying because she doesn't feel qualified and she's trying to control her kids, she always has anxiety when she does it. Is there anything she can do about that besides not homeschooling her kids? <laughs> right. See, because that's the thing. So, but first, first of all, I think the first initial question was, can anxiety be circumstantial? Absolutely. Anxiety can be caused by a very specific incident. It can be just one incident. Mm. or it can be this vague, this is where you get into more the realm of an anxiety disorder where it's, it's much broader and it's all encompassing and it, it, it follows you around in different situations. But anxiety, yes, it can be one isolated situation. And just because it's one situation doesn't mean it's easy or mild. It can be debilitating. Yeah, It, it can range from annoying to debilitating in one situation. And so her first step she actually has, you know, figure out your patterns. When are you anxious and, and why and what's going on? And so she's homeschooling your kids and not feeling so self-confident in it. So 
work with that. What are some things, first of all, identify what's going well. Because she's probably more competent than she realized she is. Yeah. I mean, definitely not not trained in classroom management. Not tra- And then now there's this whole weird role, right? You've got, is it mom? Is it teacher? And, and oh, yeah. I shouldn't be letting my kids screw around while I'm trying to teach them their multiplication tables. You know, and then you got all that junk going on in your head about, oh, no, they're not listening to me. I'm ruining their lives. Bring it in. Rein that in. And take it moment, moment, moment by moment. So in this moment, have a routine. There's I'm back to the schedules and routine again. Setting up. This is learning time. We had time. We'll have time for a break, but right now this is learning time. It's predictable. That will help. And then in this moment, what do I need to do right now? Not, not worrying about, are they going to be able to pass their SAT with flying colors or not? Because I, because seventh grade math isn't going well. You know, that, that, that's just catastrophizing. So in yeah, that moment, I, what I is the it. one thing that they need to learn right now? And hey, what am I good at? How am I good at teaching them? You know, I don't have to be just like the teacher. I can bring in humor. I can be serious. What does my child need? What do I need? What is this lesson right now? And then yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? If you are really great at English, awesome, you know, or math. But right. if you're not, I, I, you also have to reach out to the school and say, listen, mm-hmm. I'm only capable of doing it to this point. You know what right. I mean? Because there are some people that really are like, I have no clue right. with the math. Like I can right. get them, you know, plus and minus and that's it. You know, <laughs> multiplication. Right. right. I don't think there's anything wrong with also being honest with the teachers. You know, you don't exactly. have to feel bad. Like she's like, I feel bad that I'm not able to do. You, you right. don't have no, to feel no, bad. no, not at all. In fact, you know, the teachers... I, they're good at what they do in theory, yeah. hopefully, you know, if you're, most of them are, you know, they're, they're good and you're good at what you do. You know, we all yeah. have our different strengths. And sometimes when we have to cross over and we feel out of our element, that causes anxiety. But this is a perfect, perfect opportunity to connect with your kids too. When I was in school for teaching and when I was in grad school for counseling, same message. Don't be a know-it-all. Don't be a know-it-all. That was basically the bottom line. Don't pretend you know everything because kids will see right through it and they won't respect you for it. Your clients will know that you're you know, trying to act like this expert. Don't do it. It is okay, whether it's your children, your students in a classroom, a friend on the, on the, at a coffee shop, whatever. It's okay to say, hey, you know what? I don't know. Let's yeah. figure this out together. They will have, kids will have so much more respect for parents who do that. Yeah. Than who, then then are uncomfortable not knowing, in in trying to make something up or, or you know get get that. Just say hey, you know what? Let's and then it's a learning that alone is a lesson for them right there. Hey, yeah. guess what? I don't know this stuff either. Let's figure it out together. Yeah, and it and gives them permission can, to do that too. Right, that, right. That they don't have. They can raise their hand in class and say, hey, I yeah. don't know what you're. You know, exactly, yeah, exactly. And All it, right. It, so oh, that sorry, sounds no. like. You know, I don't have to do that either, Tanya. I can. It sounds to me like that you would have your hands full if you aren't a teacher. And now you have two or three little ones at home, right? Because, right. like, my son is turning seventeen in June, so it's a whole different ball of wax. Correct. You know? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's all right. So, this is a big one. Is there any time that you believe medication is the answer to anxiety? Ooh, this is a good question. Oh, we'll that call is this guy question. Paul. Right. That, that is a good question. And that is on the mind of a lot of people. And so I'm hearing two things there about the, the medication itself. But one thing first about medication is, is the, did, did that say is the answer to anxiety in the question? How did he ask that? Is it because I ever, like I mean, let me, let me get back to it. Okay. He says, is there ever a time you would recommend medication for anxiety? Okay, okay, okay. I I heard it a little bit differently. I thought, well, there's no single answer to anxiety. Uh, You know, there's not... Turning to one thing, whether it's meditation, mindfulness, medication, you know, uh, prescriptions, none of those alone, or therapy even, none of those alone is an answer, but they all can have a place. And... I don't think medication is inherently good or inherently bad. I think medication can 
work wonders for people because anxiety is there, there's so many things to anxiety. There's not just one cause, but it, it is brain based. And there are things that go on in the brain chemically yeah. that either cause or contribute to anxiety. And when you get that chemical level, sometimes medication can help. Now, for me, I'll be honest, I, I was prescribed anxiety medication long ago. Personally, it didn't work. I had the opposite effect. I was one of those people where the anxiety medication actually made anxiety worse. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, and, and it did. I, I was one. So I couldn't take it. But I wasn't, I, I didn't think it was wrong to try it. And yeah. it wasn't wrong that it didn't work. Everybody is different. Yeah. The best way to find out is work really closely with your doctor. If you're in therapy, work with a therapist. Most therapists and in, in most psychologists don't prescribe medication, but they can, they have insight into you. Yeah. And your, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they could help. But yes, medication can be helpful for some people. It depends on the person. Yeah, I don't know that much about it, but I have seen it work wonders for some people. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing that I know for sure. If you have a therapist, you're right. They can't prescribe medication, but they know you. They, right. You know what I mean? Right. They get to know you. They can see yes. if they think it'll work or not, and then you Correct. can work with them. When right. the people that I know that have gone to the psychiatrist then to get the prescription, they're only going maybe once a week. I'm sorry, once a month or once mm -hmm. every six weeks. So mm -hmm. they're, you know, just make sure they're okay on it. But they don't know you. Right. Right. That's so, the crazy thing. They're like, so you, if you don't have a great therapist and you walk in there, I found that astounding that you, they walk in there and they're like, yeah, I just go in, da, 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 da. you're there 45 minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. And now you have a prescription unless you're, you know, like going to be suicidal or whatever. You only go back. So they don't get to know you, Tanya. Right. It's the system. The system is broken. And I don't, I mean, I'm not in, in policymaking, so, because I don't have a, a necessarily a good solution. I think most, yeah. most psychiatrists, again, like any profession, most are good, some are not. Most yeah. are, are, are trying to do their best, but the way it is, yeah, you're right, they don't know you. And the thing is, is there's that, that personal component is so vital because a, a pill, whether it's anxiety or anything else, it won't cure everything. It's usually a combination of factors yes. and medication can be helpful. But if they're just not taking the time to get to know you, and a lot of times they just, they can't, yeah. and you're writing a prescription and sending you on your way and you're not doing anything else because maybe you're not connected to a therapist. Maybe you've yeah. tried and, and haven't had success finding one, but you're just relying on that medication and you're seeing them not very often that you're the psychiatrist. It's not going to be as effective. Yeah. Yeah. Where I've seen it work with um, students, because I work within a special needs school, but it's more for uh, kids that come from abusive homes or battling with you know depression or anxiety, is they have the therapist they go to once a week. Right. They go to a group mm -hmm. maybe once a week. Do you yep. know what I mean? And then in addition to that, they go to a psychiatrist you know, to get their medicine. And that combination... Right is successful but here's yes. the thing a lot of it is out of pocket it's not covered by insurance like right. the really good ones so right. that's a whole nother it, that's an podcast yeah, whole other Tanya. Words, <laughs> right that's why i think it comes down to there's no magic cure for anxiety yeah and do lots of different things try things that work. Lots of little things can help because I said medication sometimes is out of reach. It's un, it's unaffordable. It's unaffordable or it doesn't work for you or you don't have access, but yeah. you're not doomed. It, it's not the only, it's not the only way through anxiety. Yeah. I love that you're saying that. I love like that you're saying, okay, it's not just meditation. It's not just working out. It's not just eating healthy. You know, it's a combination. Right. It's all of it. And yeah. here's the big thing. Don't think because it worked for that person. Oh my God, that's the answer for me. Right. You know, right. because so any, any of those things that you just mentioned uh, can be helpful for anybody, but we're all different. We all yeah. have different situations. We all have different body chemistry and yeah, it's not, it's not, 
it's not going to work. So a lot of times I hate it. It's so sad if people get hard on themselves. Well, what's wrong with me? Why doesn't this work for me? It works for my yeah. best friend. What's yeah. wrong with me? I, you know, I, I'm, I'm hopeless. No, 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 no. You're different. There is yeah. something that'll work for you. There is nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Just be, you know, be, be gentle with yourself and yeah. find something that does work. So let me ask you this one. The, the third thing that's mentioned here, like fears, phobias, and panic attacks and freakouts. What can you do if you're in the middle of a panic attack? I mean, I, I, I can almost answer this, but I want you to answer it. All right. The middle of a panic attack, that is that is tough, but it's not hopeless. Uh, with a panic attack, just really briefly, basically your body is consumed with anxiety and you've got a full-blown physiological, that's where that brain is coming in, and body, physiological reaction to your thoughts and your emotions, and they're all tangled up in this mess, and they've exploded. And there's usually, it involves a lot of fear. It can feel like you're dying. It can feel like you're losing control. I mean, people go to the ER in the midst of a yeah. panic attack. So how do you come out of that? This is, this sounds too simple, you know, but it, of course, it's not an instant cure, but that whole Bringing it to the present moment again, that component of mindfulness. And I know, I, I think I might know what you're thinking. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm in the middle of panic. If I'm mindful of this, I'm going to panic more. The last <laughs> thing I want to be mindful of is my intense anxiety right now. Yeah. And, yeah. and of course, but a focus object. Find something. Have Focus on a point in the distance. Have something in your pocket. Something tangible to pull you out of, of your body's reaction and your mind's reaction to this panic and in, into calm it down. You, you feel something smooth or cool or, you know, soothing, or maybe it has a little texture and you just, you just rub it. You focus on a point and that is what you look at. Bring your breath under your control. As in, in panic, what happens is your breathing goes haywire. You breathe more quickly, more shallowly, yeah. and that triggers a reaction a panic reaction in your system. So get, you know, take some deep breaths and those chest pains are going to make it hard to do. So, you know, do it gradually, but try to slow your system down by using your senses around you and just ground yourself and remind yourself, I am safe. Yeah. I guess if you never had one, it's probably scarier than if you've had, because right. you can say, listen, I'm going to be okay. Right. Because right. you have right. a reference point. Right. If you've never experienced it, that probably is a freak out. It is very much. Like, oh my gosh, what is what is going on? You have no point of reference to. to right. Right. To but if you've had them before, you can at least. I mean, I would like calm yourself down and go, "Okay, I've been there before. I was okay." Right. You right. know, this feels this feels terrible, but it's not real. I mean, the yeah. physiological response is real, but the thoughts and the you yeah. know, the, the fear, yeah, those aren't going to materialize. Yeah. All right. So shifting gears here, here we are working out outside all the time, Tanya. You know, I see so many people, I don't know about in your area, but because all the gyms and all that are closed yeah. and I'm lucky enough to have a park across the street. I see so many people walking, biking, mm -hmm. running more than ever before. It's great. I see it too. And I love it. Isn't that calming for you just to be outside in nature isn't that just going to yes. calm you down automatically oh yes the it's the fresh air it's the sights i mean there is research supporting how therapeutic being out in nature is and if you're in the middle of a large city and you're nowhere near a park you think okay well well great you can still step <laughs> outside or you know, even, even populate your own home with, with some plants, you know, you, you bring, bring that, bring the outdoors in as much as you can. And when you can get out, step out, even for 30 seconds to take yeah. a few deep breaths. If you're in the middle of a project and you're frazzled and you don't have time for anything, step outside, take it in the fresh air, the green, the flowers, the sky. Again, studies show it is therapeutic. We need to connect. You know, I'm glad that you said that about the plants because my son said to me, I have tons and tons of gardens outside my yard. I love gardening, but yeah, I had I no too. plants inside the house. He's like, mom, I'm in the house more. Can you get some plants? I think it's going to make me feel good. And so I went yes, and got some house plants. Wise kid. <laughs> and wise, mean, wise kid. It does. We can bring nature right to us and where we are. 
Yeah, and it, it is. It does make me feel different when I walk in that room, you mm-hmm. know, seeing mm-hmm. these big plants in that room. I'm like, right. wait a minute, maybe there's something to this. I should put them in other parts of my house. Right. Well, if you think about it, it's an exchange of oxygen. They make oxygen. They take our waste, our carbon dioxide, and they use it, and they give us oxygen. So just on a practical level, there's that. But it's just it's just soothing and, and, and calming and uh, peaceful. And again, it's one of those tiny little action steps that you can take for your well-being. Yeah, so you you say that action is the key to taking back your life. Mm-hmm. So it's not even specifically what the action is. It's what right. makes you feel good. Right. Okay. Because it's different for, for everyone. So again, I mean, for me, yoga does wonders to calm me. It, it, it enhances my mindfulness, your know, way of being. It makes me feel good physically. Otherwise, I, I get all sorts of aches and pains. But some people hate it, and that is okay. Action just, it doesn't even have to mean sweaty physical activity. Action just means doing something, making a choice and doing something. Stepping outside for 15 seconds to take two deep breaths. That's action. Putting a plant, paying attention when you're making your morning coffee. So you're calming your thoughts and you're just present with the smell and the sound and the taste. That's action. Mm. So... I heard this and it it puzzles me sometimes. So I know working out makes me feel great. And I love biking, whether it's mountain biking, road biking, just being out there makes me feel so good. Uh, It's when I just feel so free. I love when I'm off on the trails because I'm with trees, right? Right. They always joke about me. I'm a tree hugger, but I go Mm. talk to trees, right? (laughs) I feel the same way. We'd get along. Yeah, I love it. I mean, me and trees, we we got a thing going on, but... Someone said to me, you can also buy, if you feel anxious and you just go out and you start working out or biking or whatever, you might also be avoiding the issue. Do you know? And that I'm like, because sometimes I thought, huh, because sometimes you don't know why you're anxious. You just start feeling anxious. Right. Oh, absolutely. Or getting nervous or whatever. And I remember, or even upset, like when I used to get frustrated with work stuff, it would be funny because my son and my husband, when I'd walk in, they could see after my drive, they're like, here, here's your bike, mom. Right. Like, <laughs> go. <laughs> right. So I thought, huh, am I avoiding something and I don't know what it is? Or is right. it possible I'm just feeling anxious in general? Big question, I know. But I, oh my gosh, I, I, I lost that. That's a, because there is. Okay. So there's, there's healthy coping activities and then there's, Avoidance. Avoidance is a huge part of anxiety. And what happens is we, we want to avoid things we don't like and that make us feel just yuck. Yeah. So we want to avoid them. But when we do that, we teach ourselves, oh, we have a reason to avoid this. This is, this is horrible. So we actually increase our anxiety. So then we do avoidance behaviors and we're not facing it. So avoiding it, avoiding anxiety, I suppose can look like getting on a bike and, and, and ignoring it, yeah. but there, there's a difference. And basically it's your intent. Are you, we'll use the example of biking. Are you hopping on your bike and hitting the trails or hitting the streets to feel good because it makes you feel vibrant? It makes yeah. you feel alive. It makes you feel in control. It, it helps you reduce stress because you know, physical activity is, is so good in so many ways and yeah. it, it physically relieves stress. So are you doing it for that or are you just doing something? So your husband and son are in the room and you're there you are and it's tense. There's some argument going on yeah. and you don't like it. And so that's it. You're out of here and you get on your bike and you just take off because and you're thinking about that fight and you just want to avoid that conflict and you just hate it and you're just going and you're on that bike and you're going to stay out there as long as you can, hoping that they're gone by the time you get back or they forgot gotcha. or they've fallen asleep or whatever. Now that's avoidance. So what is driving it? Are you mm. trying to, are you trying to just desperately get away from something or are you doing the activity for a positive reason because it feels good and it's a way of handling your stress? There's the difference. Ah, it, it can be yes. a fine line, but that's kind of the, the main difference between avoiding and healthy coping. Yeah, because we were talking about that, oh, a few months ago on a podcast that 
people say, oh, look, you're doing all these healthy things. You're helping people. You're exercising. You're cooking. You're, and they, you know, to society, they're all healthy coping mechanisms. But you could also use them, and you would only know, like you said, to avoid things you haven't dealt with. So right. here you are in quarantine, and a lot of times people have more of that quiet space and things are surfacing that before they could run from easier. Right. right. Does that make this, sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. That's coming up with a lot because some of their outlets, whether they're conscious outlets or subconscious outlets, they're gone. Yeah. Or they're, they're not gone, but they're they're suspended. They're, they're on hold. Yeah. So they were saying that you could take this opportunity because they all they keep surfacing back. They're not going anywhere. Right. You know, to do the self-exploration of what is really going on and not running from it. Right. And I thought that was an interesting perspective. That mm-hmm. is. I like that too. I mean, again, just that awareness. That is key. Be aware of your thoughts and your feelings. And you don't have to sit there and analyze yourself to pieces. But just when you're feeling <laughs> off, catch it and be aware of it. And then kind of think, step back. Hey, what is going on? And why, why am I feeling this way? And okay, my impulse is to, my impulse is to throw myself into work so I don't have to think about my, my problems in my family. Well, okay, now I can't stay at work and avoid my family until 1030 at night. Ah, yes. Yeah. So, okay, now what, what, what can I, what can I do? You know, what? I don't want to use the word should. I almost said, what should I do? And I hate that word because that puts that in self, that itself is anxiety provoking. There is no should. It's a, what, what, so what? don't say should. Okay. No Big shoulds. words. Right. It's an S word. Okay. All right. No should. I <laughs> no should, should do this. In fact, it was either Aaron, it, it, it was either Aaron Becker or Albert Ellis. Those, those are two pioneers in cognitive therapy and cognitive behavior therapy, uh, rational motive behavior therapy, all sorts of thought stuff. And one of the two of them had called it, referring to when people should, they called it shooting all over yourself. And this was way back in the, you know, way, way back, decades and decades ago. So that was kind of scandalous. Oh, that sounds like a naughty word. You know, but yeah, you're shooting all over yourself when you tell yourself you should be doing this or that. Gotcha. I like that. I've never heard that, Tanya. <laughs> well, now you got something. Don't shoot all over yourself. Yeah, I like that. I really don't shoot all over yourself. Because I have heard, and I do like it, just ask yourself, what do I need now? Which is a right. lot different than shoulda, coulda, woulda. Correct. Yeah, I got it. Correct. Yeah. All right. What, so. What's going on? Be aware. What, what do I need right now that will be helpful? Not that yeah. will help get rid of bad feelings, but what will create good feelings? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And not feeling guilty. Like right. someone's like, I, sh- I know better, she said to me. I know better. Ah, now, I'm a yeah. therapist. I, I shouldn't have these thoughts. I'm like, Why? You're human. Of course you're going to have the thoughts. Yeah, of course. Yeah, like We do. That's duh. common. We're really, really hard on ourselves. You know what? Yep. The mentors that I admire have mentors. Do you know what I mean? And therapists or guides. Do you yep. know what I mean? They all do. They yep. know they haven't arrived. You know, right, right. No, it's process. Life is a process of becoming. Yeah, I love that. All right, so I have to ask, how did you come up with 101 ways? There, You know, I probably could have come up with more than 101 ways. Uh, it was, uh, so I divided it into sections. You know, anxiety at work or school, anxiety day and night, you know, nightly worries or overthinking and anxiety yeah. for life. So there's, 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 exercises within each section. So I I had the various topics and these are all, every single one of the 101, they come from, I didn't make them up. They can use them. They come from research. They come from life experience. They come with things that have worked for me. They have, there's things that actually, some of them actually didn't work for me, but when I worked with people in a counseling situation, they worked for them. They're, they're from practice. They're from research. And there's, there are so many. I figured stopping at 101 was probably good because people don't want to have this huge tome and make it seem like it's a, yeah. it's a technical manual. It's just some exercises and we're all different. So there's 101 of them to get 101 different types of people. I love that. All right. So let's just pick one. 
I'm on page 144. It says 101 ways to stop anxiety. And it says 79. I don't know if you remember it or you can refer to it. In the middle of the night, treat anxiety like a baby. Okay. I cannot believe I have this one flagged. So you've already mentioned two exercises that I had flagged. And this one, I'm actually writing an article about. I'm in the process of it right now. No way. So, no way. We're connected, wait, Tanya. We're wait. connected. That is what we are. We are on the same wavelength. If you go to my anxiety to anxiety post tomorrow on healthyplace.com, this is the topic. <laughs> so I did not know that, people. I, I know. This know is that. not pre-recorded or pre-planned. That is, that is hilarious. So I'm sorry. Please continue. Okay. So I'm ready. In the okay. middle of the night, I'm going to be like a baby. What am I going to do? Well, okay. So babies, if you are a parent or a grandparent, if you've ever babysat, you know, if you may not have children of your own, but if you have any experience with babies, they wake up in the night. You wake up in the night. You want to go back to sleep. So you are not going to incite the baby. It is not playtime. It is not engage time. It is, hey, I'm going to tend to your needs. I'm going to treat you gently and sweetly and lovingly and quietly. And I'm going to put you right back into your crib. So with anxious thoughts, if we treat them like that baby, it's like, okay, so we're, we're sleeping. And all of a sudden, whether it's an anxious dream or a, a noise outside, we're wide awake. Yeah. And bam, anxious thoughts. There they are, right away. I mean, we, you, put, we you start playing Candy Crush, no. right? Yes, yeah, yeah. You, yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so you are. Don't engage with the baby. You don't want to start buying into those thoughts. They're there, and that's fine. The baby, this little infant, is hungry. It's crying, or it has a diaper rash, or you know, a wet diaper, dirty diaper. You can you, you can tend to that. Yeah. But you're not going to engage with it. You're not going to turn on the music, turn on the lights, start playing with the baby and, and fuel this baby's state of awakeness. Same with your, with your anxious thoughts. They're there. You can acknowledge them, but don't play with them. Don't turn on the lights. Don't engage. Don't rile them up. Let them drift. Uh, you do, I, I just made a video about this too. You can do a visualization exercise where you're picturing yourself in nature, someplace okay. calming to you. And you, you say, yes, I'm having this anxious thought. I'm awake. And now it's just floating off of there. And I'm going to attend to my body, my mind, my spirit. I'm going to attend to the quiet, the calm. And that's where I'm going to focus. Instead of riling up that baby and making it wide awake. Yeah. So you, you mentioned like doing relaxing exercises, like go through the entire body mm -hmm. and just like like if you feel like you have knots or tension because sometimes everything tenses up. Right. Uh, that is like, um, that is progressive muscle relaxation. The, uh, formerly called Jacobson's technique. It was made by this doctor in the 1920s. He's kind of the first who wrote about it and, and teach, taught people the process, but toe to head, head to toe. Usually people start at the feet. It's recommended at the feet, but you know what? If you want to start with your face, if you notice that your jaw is clenched, start yeah. with your jaw. Yeah. Notice it, tense it, release it, start wherever you want. It's your body. But bit by bit, you tense your muscles and you hold them because anxiety makes you tense without realizing it. So you capitalize on that. You make it, you, you just, you tense it. You're like, okay, I'm going to purposely cause this tension so I can purposely release it. So you hold it tense and then you let it go. And you just pay attention to the sensation of what it's like to let that go. You know what? That's a good question that someone I wanted to jump forward on. Someone was saying that. Do my muscles get tense first around my neck area and then I feel anxiety or did I have anxiety first? Both or either. Uh, <laughs> or it either. Is, it, it is. It's, 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 it's a circular relationship. I, I like Deepak Chopra's, Chopra's term. He calls, he refers to, you know, people talk about the mind-body connection. That wherever the mind goes, the body you know, follows or where the body yeah, is, you know, yeah. the mind reacts, but he just uses, he gets rid of the hyphen, he gets rid of the word connection and he calls it the body mind. We have a body mind. We are one. And what one is doing 
the other responds to because it's, we're one unit. It's hard to even talk about that in the English language because we have such separate concepts. We have a one and a two and a mind and a body. But yeah. This body mind. And sometimes anxiety, anxious thoughts, anxious feelings, stressful situations outside of us, those can and do cause physical tension. Yeah. We can, it, they can cause all sorts of pain and knots. Our body gets an inflammatory response and in, in response to stress because it's cortisol and adrenaline and all these hormones are surging through and it causes inflammation in the body, which causes pain in knots and it hurts. But at the same time, sometimes something else is going on in our body is experiencing pain or discomfort. And we notice that. And we might, we might directly worry about it. Oh my gosh, is this a tumor? Yeah. You know, what is, what is, what is wrong? What, what is wrong with me? I don't feel good. And then that could cause anxiety. Right. Because the brain goes oh. to the worst thing possible. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You got to love our human brain here. It's, it's so fun sometimes because it does. It's normal. It'll jump to that. So it can cause anxiety directly, or it can just be this vague sense of being unwell that is unsettling. And then you get this, this pervasive sense of stress and anxiety and being just not yourself and being uptight in response to what's going on in the body. So it's a very circular Ooh. thing. And it's not as important to know which came first. It's important to be aware of it. Ooh, I like that. Don't yeah. try to analyze it. Right. Why is this happening? Where is it from? What's going on? Gotcha. Right. Just notice it. And then what can I do in this moment right now to feel better starting in this spot? Gotcha. Right in the spot that's bothering you. Right. I know a lot of people, it is, they carry either on their lower back or their jaw or their, you know, neck and yep. shoulders. Oh, yeah. Yep. We can carry anxiety anywhere in the body and those are common. Gotcha. So here's the deal, Tanya, then. With what you're saying about, oh, do I have this or that? It's heightened right now, right? Right. Because right. it's a world thing. I mean, even for people that don't watch the news, it's hard to get away from it. Yes. So besides your normal aches and pains or whatever, you got that on top of it. Right. And even when I hear people say, well, you know, people always have gotten ill, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I get it. But this is around the world heightened and everyone is aware of it, right? right. Everyone's aware of it. Right. I, you know what? I, I don't know. This this is a really crazy thing. But it reminded me of where your brain's going. So someone in my son's school, unfortunately, 10th grader, had uh, passed away right before Memorial Day weekend. And they sent out a letter and because they wanted to stop the rumors, you know right. what I mean, Tanya? And they said, I'm yeah. really sorry. Yes. It's sad and all that, but it's non-COVID. Right. Do you know how many people read that and thought it was COVID? Oh, because I, I, they, you read yeah. it yep. and your brain, it, that yep. just boggled my mind. Of how power, and let me, and let me just tell you this. When I first read it, because it wasn't bold. I said they should have bold, big letters, not. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. But yeah. when I first read it, I thought the same thing. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, my God, it's 10th grade, right? Right. But then I, I was something when it said we wanted to stop the rumors. And, and, like, just within a minute later, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then I went back. Right. Like, you know, and I read it. But I was running into different parents. And they're like, did you hear you? Did you hear and they said, I go, no, 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 no. And they go, oh, we should read things more. I like, go, don't yeah. blame yourself. That's right. showing you where your mind is. Right, right. That's that should again, too. We should read it more carefully. Yeah. You know, that, but isn't that does. amazing how where, powerful the mind is? Because it oh. definitely said at top nine. Yeah. But all you can't help it. You know what I mean? Right. You see that oh, and your brain just jumps the to mind, it. Oh, the, the mind is a mastermind at jumping to conclusions, at filling in the blanks. And we take, there, there's all sorts of psychological terms for the, the different phenomena that are at work here. But the brain will take bits of information that it knows and it will try to assimilate incoming information to fit its own perspective and its own, and we don't do it on purpose. 
some well sometimes we do but most <laughs> of the times <laughs> we don't do it on purpose it's subconscious it's that brain yeah. and it's process we you and i could experience we could be standing side by side looking at the same thing or reading the exact same email with the same information and then walk away and be quizzed by somebody else and we would both have two completely different stories about what we just experienced isn't that so whack it is it's just it's like what in the world and it's like well how do we stand a chance then if our brain is making us anxious by doing that we read we read a story of a tragic death and it says it's not covid related but covid is on our mind it's everywhere it, you, we yeah. cannot escape it and because of that the brain is processing it and it sees the word covid and it doesn't hear the word not in fact in fact that's also negatively saying don't do something the brain like with a kid if you notice you're not supposed to tell them not to do something you oh, replace yeah. it and say, do this instead because yeah. that's where the brain goes we don't hear the not we don't read the not covid yeah yeah it, it pieces together and it causes us all sorts of, of misery. So pausing, and again, I don't mean to be a broken record with mindfulness, but it applies to so much. Pay attention to what you're doing when you're reading this email. Yeah. Pay well, you attention know what? to I told the them words. not to beat themselves up. They felt like, oh, no. you know. Oh, yeah. no, it no, wasn't no, no, just no. one or two parents. I was because I I biked through the neighborhood and then so I got to see a bunch oh, yeah. of people. Right. I was so glad that I got to tell them no. I, I know. got to seriously, give them, yeah. seriously, that's good. And no, it's not their. It's not their. They're not bad people for yeah. interpreting that way at all. It's how the human mind operates. Yeah, and and then we do, and then we get scared, and it feels it even even more. And then that's yeah. where rumors start, and they get exaggerated. And oh my gosh, it gets to be a mess. Yeah. I mean, it was already sad and horrible news. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? But yes. it, what I was drawing in on is what else do we read? And you think mm -hmm. about it, like yep. when people even go into meetings or, and they want to record it and you think, well, no kidding, because you're all going to come out, you know, right. think something different, you know? Right. Right. So, it, you know, why can't we retrain our brain to go to the positive first time anymore? We can. But it is an intentional process and it is hard. We actually, we probably, rephrase, let me go back. We probably cannot completely train it to automatically go to the positive because we have an inborn negativity bias. I mean, it's this whole thing. It's evolutionary. It's how we, we grow up. We have to, we're born needing to be safe. We assess the world for danger. Are our basic needs going to be met? And I mean, we're just hardwired to think that way and looking for the negative and interpreting things negatively is just our first instinct. But we can override that by, again, catching ourselves, yeah. being in tune to ourselves and being aware of that. And like when it comes to, okay, hearing the news or reading an email about a, tra you know, a tragedy, read it and then get in the habit of going back yeah. And rereading it again, even putting a little bit of space, you know, yeah. letting yourself have that emotional reaction and then say, okay, what were my thoughts and emotions doing? How are they making me interpreting this, interpret this? Yeah. Let me go back and reread that or let me shift my perspective in this situation from what is wrong to what is right. Yeah. And, you know, what, well, back to this mom who was homeschooling. And I think I had mentioned, what are you doing right? What is going well? Yeah. Don't just focus on what you think you're doing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Or the what areas you you're not what, great at. Yeah. What right. are the areas you are good at? Right. You know? Right. That doesn't mean you don't want to improve. Of course we can all improve. We should be growing our, our whole lives, but also don't just focus on, Oh my gosh, this is so bad. Catch mm. yourself doing that and then look for other things. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I but I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I get so crazy when people think, no, that just happened. That really happened. No, I really read that. Anything. Because mm -hmm. I'm thinking, I know. I know well enough yep. that I could be at the same fun gathering yes. with my friends and they'll say, they'll remember an event totally different yes. than me. Yes. So I'm always <laughs> not like, like you said, a know-it-all because maybe I didn't hear what Sally Best said the right way. You know what I mean? Right. Right. In because fact, I'm coming from a different perspective, you know? That perspective, there's a really good way to... Train yourself to kind of 
be to to rise above that and be out of that a little bit in Buddhism. It's called the beginner's mind. A beginner oh, yeah. will come through, and they don't have their own. They don't have all these preconceived notions like COVID is causing deaths, and now a student died, and therefore it is COVID. Yeah. A beginner is it takes everything at face value and fresh and, and tries to get that bias out of the way. Yeah. And just take it in. So the shift in perspective to not judging based on our past or what we think we know. Not you mentioned being a know-it-all. Or you know, don't be a yeah. know-it-all. Yeah. I like be a that. Beginner. A beginner's mind. Mm-hmm. A beginner's mind. Yeah. Wake up every day with a beginner's mind. Yes. Yes. Open. You're Open to your experiences. Yeah, open. Well, Tanya, I could sit here and talk to you forever because I would love great. to even go through more of your book. But we got to wrap it up. But I have a few fun questions for you. Right? Awesome. You Fire ready? Away. Yes, I'm ready. All right. Do you have a favorite movie? Let's see. My One of my favorite. I don't. I, oh, it's so hard to pick a favorite. Well, a couple. You can <laughs> give me a couple if you really can. Okay, I'll just say. One of the, your favorite. Okay, what, the first thing that came into my mind, I'll give you that one because that's obviously one that I like. It's an old one. It's from the early 90s, maybe, late 80s. It's called Regarding Henry. It has Harrison Ford. I love Harrison Ford. He is this basically this conceited, high-powered jerk, and he gets shot in the head and he goes through this transformation. It's this whole thing. I just like that movie. It's just a good movie. I've Regarding never Henry. seen it, so I'm writing it down. Yes. All right. Do you have a series that you like on Netflix or Hulu? Oh, my gosh. I, well, not an, it's not an original, uh, but I like the, the TV show House. I've watched the whole thing. My son and I watched it together. I'm going back. You know, I watch it again. I, I love the show House. I've never seen it. Uh, house MD. The doctor, it's, it, he's arrogant. It's just, it's a great show. I just love it. Okay. Do you have a favorite podcast you listen to? Um, I like, okay. I get snippets of podcasts. I have on Spotify, there's a channel called Daily Wellness and they play music and they have talk and they'll do little snippets of podcast. And I like that because it introduces me to a lot of different different podcasts and a lot of different concepts and it's all about wellness and well-being. So instead of one, I like that one, which provides me a snippet of so many. Gotcha. All right. Daily wellness. All right. It's what a, do you do in your spare time for fun? I, right. <laughs> I love to be outside. I love to garden. I love to walk. I, uh, I like to kayak. I haven't been able to kayak, uh, Recently, I kind of lost some strength and some energy, but I'm getting it back and I'm looking forward to kayaking again. I just like to be active and outdoors, hiking, anything like that. Gotcha. And what's your favorite color? Um, favorite color is yellow. It's yellow. sunny. It's, it's like flowers and sunshine. Yeah. I also like green too. Now, besides your books, favorite book that you're reading recently? Okay, what am I... I have got a bunch going right now. I've got a true crime series that I'm reading right now. And that's not true crime. That's wrong. It's, it's just, it's fiction. It's by, I can't even remember the author. He's in Denmark. Uh, I, I enjoy those kind of books. I, I have okay. a lot of health books right now, health and well-being and wellness and diet and uh, you know what I can do for nutrition to, to, to feel well. And uh, I, I enjoy reading things I, like, like that, book growth and well-being yeah. books. Yeah. All right, Tanya. Well, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being Thank on. You. Is there anything before we wrap up that you want to say to my Let's Keep It Real people that we didn't get in? Um, what I would like to share my 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 logo, my brand logo. It's new, and so I'm, I'm proud of it, and I love it. It just captures keeping it captures how people can keep it real and just. Just advice. It's not really advice. I hate that word, but just a perspective for across the board. Live in your moment, not your mind. We can get so caught up in living with our mind. Pull it out and be in your actual moment, the real, your real, your reality. Gotcha. All right. All right. Well, Tanya, I have a question for you. Absolutely. Can we bring you back on? Oh, I would love it. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I would be so 
Give me hold your yeah. breath. Like, what was the big question? Right? Oh my gosh, yes. I was a little nervous, but then I'll bring it on. I'm not afraid of any question. No, I'll no, answer I was, anything. I know, I was joking with you. you know? <laughs> That's okay. I liked it. Uh, no, I love your podcast. I figured if I answered this one as, as my as my favorite podcast, it would sound like I was sucking up. No, 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 no. I really no. do. I, I definitely want you to mention other podcasts. Yeah, and stuff I, like I figured. That. Well, that's going to yeah. look a little phony. People are going to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no, but right. I, I, oh, I love listening to you. I love your guests. This conversation has been fun. Oh, what an honor. I would absolutely enjoy being back. So is there anything you want to accomplish in the next year? Like, do you have any goals? Like, Sandy, this is it. Like, something I'm really big that I want to do. I am just continuing on my journey back to wellness. I went through some, I have some diagnoses of some autoimmune stuff, some digestive stuff. And by the way, the root of that was stress. Their mind and body are definitely connected, but I, my goal is to continue to regain my energy, to eat healthy. And I mentioned that I love kayaking and I haven't been able to do that. I want to do that. I want to be with my kids, my grown kids or adults, but just have that energy and that vibrancy to not get worn out. I do things anyway, even though I feel tired sometimes, but I want to keep doing things and not feel tired. So that's, that's my goal for the year. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. And how can they reach you, Tanya? Um, my website is kind of a good hub. Uh, it's Tanya J. Peterson. T-A-N-Y-A, and then the letter J. My middle name is Joy, by the way. Oh. And uh, Peterson, P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N.com. And from yeah. there, there's a contact form. There's my social media links. Yeah. There's all sorts of ways. I'm in transition. I'm getting a new website. So if it's down, please come back. It shouldn't be. I think it, I think the okay. transition will be seamless. But it's there. Find me there. I'd love to connect with people. You got it. I can't believe our both our middle names are Joy. I know, I know. I saw that, and I just I, I love it. Again, I think I think we're on a, a very similar plane here. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fun. <laughs> All right, my let's keep it real, people. I know you have enjoyed Tanya. Reach out if you have any questions. You can send them to questions at sandyjoyweston.com, or you can reach out to Tanya. We love hearing from you. And until next time, you know what I'm going to say. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.